adesso parte il tiro, rete, 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 un gol straordinario! Welcome to Radio This Way, a culture podcast that brings you the latest and greatest news from the world of Syria and European soccer. My name is Michael D'Angelo, and with us, as always, we have Paul Leno, Bologna Man, Goni. Welcome back, everyone. We've got the Mr. Chris Baselli. Hello, everybody. We've got Giju, Julian D'Angelo. How's everybody doing tonight? And we've got Di Tonella Piaga e Retore with Chimica. Uh, you know what I uh, thought? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Go ahead. You go first, Paulo. Uh, that's a catchy song. Yeah. And the start of it almost sounded here. I'll play it again. Yeah. It's like, I never watched it, but that Stranger, Thing, Stranger Things show. Oh, yeah, Isn't that what they did? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's right? Like the intro. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Mm. Interesting. There was a lot of good songs from Center. Well, that was one of them. Uh, like I said, uh, Chow Chow was another favorite mm-hmm. of mine. We did it one. last week, right? Yeah, we did it last week. Of course, Jenny Randy, which close to winning. Um, and then there's another one. I think it's uh, Dove Sibala by uh, Darjan D'Amico. It's another one that probably will be a big hit in the summer. Right. Listen, they're all going to be hits. Yeah, they're all going to be hits. They're all, they're all those, they, what they call in Italian, a tormentone. Tormentone. And yeah, they're all so, going to be tormenting yeah, exactly, in, yeah. in Ibiza, yeah. right? Because Ibiza, that's where all the, that's where all the all parties happen in the summer? Yeah, but that's in Spain, though. So, uh, anything they want in Spain. I don't know, but if we're talking about Italy, it would be like... Um, Cleto. Cleto's uh, <laughs> 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 going to be on the fire this year. Uh, these are going to be like Vasto is another like a big beach town. Uh, there's a, one in Puglia. Uh, what's it called? Otranto, maybe? No. Um, oh, I guess it's going to bother me, though. Um, <laughs> Think about your city B teams. Gallipoli? <laughs> I think it's Gallipoli. <laughs> in, in Puglia, pretty sure. I'll look it up. Gallipoli. Yeah, there's like there's a lot of, uh, of of festivals that like like a lot. Of, I think um, you're thinking of the Gallipoli campaign, which was a military campaign. In the first no, World no, War. Look, it <laughs> look it up. Uh, type type in Gallipoli Puglia. Puglia, uh, like rave. What do you want me to look up? Yeah, something like that. It was just there's like a rave or or clubbing. There there does look like there's some some pictures of raves here. Yeah pretty packed yeah so yeah and i, and I remember going maybe salento is that is that possible uh yeah that's another coast like a another area uh that there's a lot of like festivities but yeah it's but that's not puglia is it yeah it, it is is it that you're thinking of salerno which is in Compagno. oh maybe yeah Sole, salento, salento yeah it's another area it's near lecce i think it is or the Sal- yeah, yeah. salentino yeah yes yes 
But again, I, I can't wait to go back there and uh, go go party myself. And Pompa? <laughs> Pump? Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, uh, listen, honestly, I miss I miss clubbing in Rome. I'm not gonna lie, that was one of the best times that I had. Is that where you learned to Pompa? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, actually, let's uh, let's get to business. So here we, we have, obviously, uh, last week we had some Coppa Italia games. Uh, we, of course, had some Serie A games uh, over the weekend. We also have European games upcoming. We've got so much to get to. Uh, so I think we shouldn't delay further. Um, unless, again, Paulo, do you have, like, a specific... Uh, uh, story about your pompa or no? Honestly, like, I remember uh, there's a club called in Rome called Vinile, and it's the Ostienza region, region uh, area of Rome. And okay. it was 90s night. And if you remember all the you know the classic uh, Italian dance music from the 90s, uh, uh, there was like um, uh, the Luna Pop. Luna Pop. Uh, there was uh, the brothers. Eiffel 65. Remember? I have a 65. Remember the brothers, uh, Dieci Cento Mille Mani? Oh, Dieci Cento Mille. Yeah, like, so, like, songs like that were being played, and it was an outstanding night. I remember it was one of the best times clubbing I've had in my, had in my life. And you were, you were sober? <laughs> Actually, yes, I was. Hey! Okay. <laughs> Actually, yes, okay. I was. How do you think he yes, learned George. how to pump us so hard? He had to be <laughs> in the right mind. Uh, oh, boy. Okay. You guys, where where I enjoyed a drink, so because uh, ah, so okay, yeah, with, with friends, with friends, exactly. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's move Speaking on about to pompa, let's yeah, pompa. Let's it? talk about the pompaing <laughs> that happened in Copa Italia this week. So when we uh, actually there was a few of them too. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Well, it started off with some pom pom pom, right? Huh? Not bad. <laughs> Not bad, eh? Okay, Not bad. So, is anyone going to talk about these games? Who wants to talk about Atalanta Fiorentina? Mr. Uh, Eiffel 65 himself. Eiffel 65 himself. Yeah. yeah, take it away. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, so this game was played on Thursday. Um, so it was a, it was an entertaining game. I thought thought Atalanta uh, you know, did enough to, to actually get in there. I, I think they opened the scoring with a nice Sapa-Costa curler, which was an outstanding goal. Uh, uh, Piontek scored uh, a, a PK, um, and then Boga actually. I remember Chris, you were talking about this goal where he broke through uh, the uh, the Fiorentina Fiorentina's defense to make it two one. Yep, kind of muscled his way through. Uh, Piontek actually missed the PK. It was stopped by uh, Musso. I think it was he was in net, and uh, but he scored the rebound. Mm-hmm. And then when you thought it was going to extra time. Uh, ten man Fiorentina. They were down to ten men because uh, Martinez Quartra got sent off for a double yellow. Uh, Milinkovic, who actually came on for Martinez after Martinez Quartra got uh, sent off, uh, scored a stunner in the ninety third minute. So, uh, I guess that was bad for Juventus in the sense that uh, it didn't go into one hundred and twenty minutes, but good for Fiorentina as they move on to the semifinals. Michael. Yeah, it just seemed like a, a rough start to, I guess, the week for Atlanta. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Fiorentina taking this game is by far uh, the upset, I guess, of the quarterfinal round because who do we have? Inter 
beating Roma the week before and Milan beating Lazio kind of quite, I'd say, handedly. Yeah, um, both, both games, I think. Uh, for, for example, for the, I think Julian can talk to it more, but Inter dominated the whole game except for the last 15 minutes of the first half. Of the Roma one. Oh, the Roma game. Roma yeah. Inter, yeah. Roma Inter. Yeah, yeah, they. I mean, came away with two nothing win. I don't, as you said, mm-hmm. I don't think Roma was ever really in that game. So, yeah, yeah, and I think again, Fiorentina beating Atlanta is probably the headline here, anyways. Yeah. Um, but again, this is the one side of the bracket. Obviously, we knew that one side was going to be uh, a derby, uh, a derby for a Milan derby, right? Del Madonina. For... I just want my revenge. Yeah. <laughs> Revenge. Two yeah. legs, no, right? Yeah, two, yeah, two legs. legs yeah. In the yeah, nice. Both at uh, Centiro. <laughs> yeah. Get to destroy that pitch even more. <laughs> that actually bodes well for uh, Napoli, Atalanta, and Juventus, I think, throughout the year. If that, if that pitch is, like, poor. <laughs> Maybe. That probably does. This um, is going to be mud by the end of the yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Over-under that they replace it more than once before the end of the year. Yeah, I'd probably take the over. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Especially with Inter playing midweek and all that. So. Yeah. Yeah, where's Milan? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Playing their They're... best 11 every single yeah, game. Yeah, see. <laughs> uh, speaking about okay. Milan, they, they dominated Lazio, so I just wanted to point yes, out. Yes, yes, exactly. So, and that's why there's a derby. Uh, yeah. Now, on the other side, again, we talked about Fiorentina. Now, Juventus Sassuolo. What happened in that game, Paul? Uh this was another entertaining game. So Juventus scored early through uh, Dybala, but then inexplicably sat back. Well, I don't know about inexplicably, but sat back regardless, uh, which allows the Swallow to pile on the pressure. Uh, they had multiple uh, shots, uh, which forced Perrin to make a, a, a few good saves. But then they eventually tied it up through Traore, which he scored a very nice curler. Uh, in the second half, uh, Juventus kind of switched it up at the hour mark. Uh, Allegri, surprisingly, uh, brought on uh, Morata and Locatelli for Decilio and uh, uh, Zakaria. Uh, probably realizing that playing 120 minutes before they have to play uh, Atalanta on the weekend was going to be a recipe, a uh, bad recipe. Mm-hmm. So they went for it, and if it wasn't for Vlaovic breaking through, uh, turning one of the Sassuolo defenders and actually uh, forcing an own goal uh, to make it 2 1, that uh, gave Juventus uh, the win, the most, the very important win. Yeah, and uh, so Dybala was pretty, uh, I guess, instrumental in this game because again he scored the opener, and then he's the one who who lobs the ball up to Vlaovic to uh, have that run at the end there. But again, mm-hmm. Vlaovic very, very much um, took this result uh, for Juventus. I think on his on his back there and really put it in, but. I think it's uh, important to note that Bonucci is garbage. Um, <laughs> he was the reason why uh, all throughout the game, even early on, before and after the opener by Dybala, he was giving away the ball. It was uh, it was actually on Traore's yeah, goal yeah. that uh, he he just gets beat. He's just trying to, I guess, jockey and just doesn't do anything, and Traore is able to lob uh, Perrin quite easily. So, I mean, it's, uh, we, we were making fun of him midweek, which I just, again, think it's important to note. Yeah, and then we'll, we'll definitely discuss him about uh, during the uh, game. Yeah. Uh, 
during the Atlantic game on the weekend as well. Yeah. So again, like we said, on one end of the bracket, it sets up a really nice uh, derby with Inter and AC Milan. And on the other side, we have uh, the Vlaovic der- derby. Yeah. Right? That so that's going to be exciting. Yeah, it'll be an exciting, I guess, Which is something that you wanted uh, last week. I remember we, did, we talked about that. Yes. Yeah, well, we did talk about it. We said, oh, yeah, Atlanta's probably going to go, but I want Fiorentina. Well, we got what we wanted. So let's, yeah. let's so enjoy it. I took what you wanted, and I put it into a nice, uh, what I like to call a qualifying bet. So what I did was I bet on uh, Milan, Fiorentina, and Juventus to all go through. <gasps> and we won? Obviously, uh, yeah, yes, exactly. We, yeah. we, right? <laughs> yes, we. Yes, <laughs> excellent. We. So, what are you going to do with those winnings? I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll. I'll, I'll fund it to another uh, giveaway. Love the sound of that. <laughs> Love that. Uh, okay, that was uh, midweek. That was Thursday, I believe, right? Yes. Yeah, Thursday. Okay, so let's move on to the twenty. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. Now let's move on to. Game week 25 of City A. So this actually um, started off with Lazio, I believe, in the morning of Saturday morning. Yeah, Lazio and Bologna. And Lazio uh, actually won 3-0. So Immobile scored a PK and Zicani got a brace uh, for uh, the Laziali who uh, get three important points for themselves to kind of maintain pace and... and, uh, really solidify their their position above uh, their cross-city rivals in Roma. Uh, next up, we had Napoli-Inter, which was uh, a massive, massive game. So this is the first of the two games this game week where the top four were facing, top five, I guess, were facing each other in some capacity. So what happened in this game? So you figure it's going to be like, two of the top teams. It's going to be promotion for Serie A. It was genuinely one of the worst games of the week. <laughs> um, Inter came out completely flat. It's the worst half I've seen them play under Inzaghi. Uh, they actually, De Vrij gives up a PK to Osimhen in the seventh minute. Uh, the senior steps up to take in scores. But beyond that point, Napoli, they pressed a little bit in the first half, but didn't really take advantage of Inter's play. Inter came out a little bit stronger in the second half. Um, Lautaro swings the ball in. Dzeko actually whiffs on the initial cross, but gets a lucky bounce back to him for the rebound and scores that one. Now, from that point on, um, <laughs> not much happened. <laughs> a couple yeah. half chances here or there, but yeah, it just, yeah, not much happened. So the game finished 1-1. Um, I think one of the only things to note is that Brozovic is suspended for the next game now on yellows, but I believe they play for Lernitana, so not the end of the world there. Um, that was a but yeah, it was a little disappointing because it was just kind of a boring game all around. I was surprised Napoli didn't go for it more. Inter, towards the end of the game, almost kind of sat back and were happy with the away draw, which is fine, but Napoli, I felt, needed to kind of go for it and didn't. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Inter plays to swallow. Milan to plays swallow. to Lanitana. Yeah, so swallow is not uh, the easiest opponent. That might yeah, be a big mess for them. Yeah, they're notorious for tripping up against uh, Swallow for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just for a game that was supposed to kind of be two of the top three teams in Serie A. It didn't really live up to the hype. 
Yeah, and and Paul and I kind of get what we wanted. We were hoping for a draw. Yeah, I want one, one draw. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I I wasn't so pessimistic as Julian. I I thought uh, Napoli had a good a good first half in the sense that they got the lead, but just failed to capitalize on some of the chances that they had. I know uh, in Insigne missed one from essentially from the penalty spot. Volley uh, just went over the net. I know. I think Osimhen had another chance of his uh, of winning the PK and then in the second half uh, Osman had another shot that was stopped by Handanovic and then Elmas had a point blank sh- uh, stop uh, point blank shot stopped by Handanovic uh, who obviously redeemed himself after a bad game against uh, Milan yeah that Elmas chance actually would have been they didn't rule it offside on the play but he was actually offside if it would have uh, I see uh, would have scored. Okay. They went back and Osiman got a slight touch on it, and when he touched it, Elmas was like a step ahead. Right. And and also Inter were very lucky to score their their goal. That was like a a, a bouncing ball that happened to break the to to Zach uh, Jeco and and managed mm-hmm. to to put it in. I I thought I thought Inter were lucky to get away with a point. Um, and Napoli, of course, are celebrating because they're still in it. Yeah, I would. Uh... I think I would side with Julian on this in terms of um, what I saw was that it was a little bit of a sloppy performance from both sides. And like Julian said, I think like you would, you would have expected Napoli to kind of come out with a little bit more of a um, intense, I guess, performance. And I mean, I guess even Inter as well, trying to defend their lead here of uh, in the Scudetto race. But uh, yeah, I just found that it probably, you know, it was really setting up, I guess, Milan to uh, see what they're made of beyond what these two teams were able to provide. And I guess we'll get into that in a little bit. Any other notes? Just want to say this kind of rounds up into super, well, almost after Wednesday wraps up their super tough schedule to start the year where they've had to play Lazio, Juve. Mm-hmm. Ampoli, Venezia. Oh, Atalanta's in there too. Milan, Roma, Napoli, now Liverpool. Right. So, so Paulo, this, mark, mark this down. So it's uh, mid-February is when Julian said this. So we'll, <laughs> we'll make sure we'll cut this when anyone else wins. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm just saying. No, we get towards the end of the stretch, I feel like we'll have a certain Twitter fan group saying, oh, Inter has an easy schedule. <laughs> Hundred <laughs> percent. Well, uh, can I guess which uh, which Twitter group? Sure. Is it, is it are the acronyms uh, MT? You might be right on that one, Paulo. Yeah. <laughs> Michael, let's move on before I get in trouble. <laughs> See. Um, okay, let's uh, move on to then the last game of the Saturday, which was Torino Venezia. And uh, Trino actually come out uh, with an early lead here. Brecolo scores five minutes in. Um, and it was, uh, yeah, a nice, a nice shot. But uh, again, it was very uh, strong start from Torino here. And uh, Venezia, need I remind you, are sitting in, I guess, 18th position here. So they're, they're really battling to kind of maintain any position to maintain, like to stay in Serie A. So again, a a, uh, a loss, any loss, kind of just really hurts their chances of of staying in the top flight. But uh, Venezia actually 
um, they tie the game 38 minutes in. Haps gets a, a, a ball that uh, kind of lobs over to him and, and he's able to uh, hit it into Malinkovic for uh, Malinkovic Savage, I guess, for the first um, shot from Venezia uh, 30, 38 minutes in. But uh, again, it's, it's first only shot, I guess, at that point and, and a goal to tie it. So it's can't complain. Um, and then very early in the second half, Venezia actually take the lead with uh, Chernigoz takes, um, yeah, uh, scores uh, to, he provided the assist on the first goal and he takes the lead in the 46th. And uh, they actually, Torino think that they've tied it eventually with Bellotti, um, but it's ruled that he was offside or I guess some point in, because uh, it was off of a free kick, but one of the players there uh, is offside, so the goal does not count. Uh, and Okarik actually gets a red card very late in this game, 90th minute uh, for step for stomping, I guess, just through a tackle. But uh, it's not enough, and it's actually a little late for Torino to actually make anything of. And Venezia take three points, and again, they're they're still in 18th position, but now they're tied with Cagliari um, for 17th, I guess. Uh, their dif- differential is the same. I think it's minus, yeah, minus 21. So it's effectively, again, at this point, Venezia are trying to claw their way back and they're they're looking like they're succeeding a little bit. I think someone has a game in hand. I could be Venezia. That's Venezia a has a game. Yeah. yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, if that game is against, you know. Wasn't against Atalanta? I think yeah, so. Yeah, then, then that's not great. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I just want to point out again that uh, Breckelo, I think, is has become Torino's most important player, even more important than Bellotti in the sense that Breckelo has played most of the games. Uh, Torino, uh, Bellotti most likely will be leaving the club <clears throat> in the summer and uh, and has been injured for most of the season. So uh, I, I, I keep saying this, and I'll probably will continue to say, say this until the end of the season that uh, he's the most important he's he's he is their team's most important player i would uh i think he's important <clears throat> i think i would argue not i think i would argue that <laughs> uh bremer is more important uh, i i i know in general i mean defenders get less attention but i think he's really cleaning up a lot of the messes that Torino has to deal with defensively. So I would just make a small counter argument that Bremer is more important, but uh, I think it's like a one A and one B situation. And Julian's counter counter argument is that it's Ricardo Rodriguez. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just going to say that. I thought Chris was going to say Pobega. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's in third. I'm yeah, just looking yeah, forward to uh, Milan <laughs> selling him for next to nothing and then in three years trying to buy him back for quadruple the price. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay, well, speaking of which, let's uh, move on to Sunday here. And, uh, you know, you're speaking of Milan. And like I said, they, they had a really um, important task, I think, going into Sunday morning because, uh, you know, you know that – Napoli and Inter uh, was a stalemate, so they need to kind of take back what uh, the position that they had kind of early on in the season. So with a win, they would be a point above Inter Milan and effectively, I guess, two points above uh, clear of Napoli there. So really, it's, it's asserting themselves in first place. Uh, and they actually get 
a goal relatively early with uh, Leao. Um, is this the one that he that Mignon assisted on, Chris? Yes. Yeah. Right. Just kind of sidewind. I don't know the, the technical term, but uh, yeah, sent it down the pitch to Leao and. Um, I can't remember which year it was, but the last Milan goalkeeper to get an assist was Dita. So you can yeah, imagine that. how many years ago that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's, uh, yeah, again, a massive goal, and, and it actually proves to be the difference. Sampdoria, I think, had really turned it on eventually, though, and uh, it didn't matter. Obviously, they, they maintained that result, and, and that's all it, it took uh, to take top spot here. So, again, a slip up by the top two teams or potential top two of the top three teams at least. And uh, Milan are able to uh, capitalize. And, and again, now they're in first place. Uh, yeah. Paulo, any notes? Uh, Michael, as you said, I thought uh, I managed to catch the last 15 minutes of the game uh, because again, the game was at six in the morning. Um, mm-hmm. And a same story looked like they did deserve something from that game, I thought Milan were wasteful. They could have easily made it two, three, nothing, and were unable to capitalize. And I thought, you know, the uh, same third were unlucky not to get a draw from that game. Yeah, Chris was uh, definitely. We were texting. He, a hundred percent, put the reverse jinx on uh, on <laughs> Sam Doria there. So. <laughs> You do what you got to do, my friend. <laughs> exactly. uh, just the uh, only other comment. Uh, I thought it was interesting. I don't know, Julian, or if any of you guys have seen this before, but Kandreva was essentially playing center mid uh, in this game. So I know was... he played center mid. Yeah, when he was young, he did. Right. I, yeah, I'm sort of speaking like prime Lazio years into Inter. I had never mm-hmm. seen him play center mid. So that was new for me. I thought he did a decent job there. But again, we I think we all agree his best trait is is crossing ability whether you can agree or disagree on that but <laughs> across the board i think most people would agree on that so to see him in center mid was was different but i thought he had an okay game there I'm curious to see if he gets more starts there or if he gets moved mm-hmm. back out wide i i think i think i'm pretty sure Chapala said that he will be playing more of a central role uh because there's not enough wingers to actually play with two wingers uh right. game in game out um, but I do remember when he was on Juventus uh, during the, the dark years, um, <laughs> he, 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 he used to play, I think it was Mazzala. So he used to play in, in the middle and he used to play center mid. Yeah, we don't talk about those dark years. <laughs> no, we don't, no. no we do. uh, okay, let's move on here. Uh, Empoli hosted Cagliari in, uh, again, an important uh, battle for Cagliari and it actually ends 1-1. Empoli scores... Uh, 38 minutes in, Pinamonti, and then uh, Caleri tied late in the 84th, uh, Pavoletti. So, again, they get a draw, and, and with that, they maintain their position, but they're, again, now tied with Venezia for that final 18th position in the relegation zone. i got to make uh, a quick comment here. Yeah, uh, quick. Any re- uh, did you all hear uh, Mazzari's excuses at the end of the game? for? <laughs> yeah, what did he say this time? I think you blamed it on the fact that the ref got injured and that it conditioned the game. Yes. <laughs> of course. Then, but, like, uh, there's a thread. I, I, I think we retweeted it that, like, captured all Madari's, like, best of Madari's excuses. And there was one of them that actually made me cry laughing was the fact that he blamed diarrhea. 
as one of the, as one of the <laughs> yeah. one of the reasons why his team. I think it was Napoli well, that played the uh, Yeah, he said poorly. that they, there was a flu going around in the dressing room, and he said, you know, even some players are playing through diarrhea. So that's... <laughs> <laughs> or the fact that the rules have to be changed for, for every time. In uh, the is which it means like a, a, a total of corners should equal a goal. No. <laughs> Yeah, like those those two were the ones that made me laugh the most. Like, go ahead, Michael, we'll move on. What's he saying? Sorry, he, that so that like every uh, like a certain number number of, of corners angles, of corners uh, should angles, equal a goal. Angle so should so equal a goal. Yeah, he's playing Mario Party with like special <laughs> star with bonus stars. Yeah, sure, Mario Party, or he's playing like Mazari Party, or he's playing like Canadian CFL, Canadian football, <laughs> where you like punt it into the. Yeah, so you get a point for a point. I think I like my. I think I like the Mario Party reference better. Yeah, well, I'm just saying that Canadian football sucks. But anyway, um, (laughs) (laughs) again, move on before I get into trouble. Okay, Genoa uh, hosts Salernitana, and uh, Paul's boy Destro scores 32nd minute. Um, uh, Go ahead. yeah, Bonazzoli ties it 45th, but again, it ends 1-1, Genoa, Salernitana. Uh, so they are still in their lowly positions of 19 and 20. Yes. Uh, while I explain this, get the uh, sack race music cued. Okay. And um, so actually, they uh, after this game or a couple of days ago, uh, uh, Salernitana sacked Colin Tuono. Uh Pirlo was actually the first option. He declined the offer and they're most likely will hire David ex Crotone, ex Genoa as well, uh David and Nicole. See. Si. Fired. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh so yeah. That's that. Yeah. Let's move on then to uh, Verona hosting Udinese and Verona actually come away with a comfortable victory. Um, they really had a, a hole in it all game. The Pauli scores two minutes in, uh, Barak scores 31st, Caprari 66th, and uh, Tamezin 84th. So, again, uh, a really comfortable win for Verona there. Next up, we had Sassuolo Roma. So, um, as you might expect, uh, a lot of the early chances for Sassuolo came from Berardi. Uh, you know, typical fashion, right-hand side, uh, trying to cut it onto his favorite left foot, going for the far post. Um, so those were a few of Sassuolo's early chances. Uh, but eventually, uh, Afena Jan um, was playing a 1-2. This is down Roma's left-hand side. He plays a 1-2 with Vigna. Um, after Vigna receives the pass back, he goes for the first-time cross, and that led to a handball by uh, Kirikesh. Um, I believe that also went to VAR, but a penalty was awarded and uh, Tammy Abraham buries that to make it 1-0 Roma. Uh, And Sassuolo, uh, they do eventually make it 1-1. They were gifted this goal. Uh, There was a cross from Sassuolo's left-hand side from Taraore and Patrizio just couldn't deal with it. I don't know if he thought one of his defenders was going to, to clear it, or if he thought one of the Sassuolo attackers was going to try and redirect it in, but he has to do better than that. Very, very weak goal, but nonetheless uh, makes it 1-1. Uh, 
uh, after that goal. Uh, eventually, Sassuolo make it 2-1 uh, from the right-hand side. Again, Berardi floats uh, across in to Traore. Uh, you could argue that Traore did a good job to kind of protect the ball from Karzorp and then calmly finish it. I, As a defender myself, I just think Karzorp did a very poor job of defending there. Uh, so, again, if you can imagine the cross coming from the right-hand side, it's it's 1v1 with Tarore and Karsdorp. Instead of Karsdorp trying to get in goal side of Tarore, he just kind of sticks a leg out, lets Tarore get in front of him, and then it's an easy finish from there. So I think it was just lazy defending there. I don't think you have to be you know, a world-class defender to at least make it difficult. I, th- I thought he gave Tarore an easy chance at goal there. So 2-1, Sassuolo. Um Gianmarco Ferrari later on fouls Abraham on the edge of the box, and that was his second yellow card. Uh, I thought that was a fair yellow, um, maybe a bit of a stupid tackle from Ferrari. So Sassuolo down to 10 men. Uh, and then not long after that, uh, Roma corner kick from Vertu uh, was flicked on, I believe, by Ibanez. And uh, Lopez was on the goal line, tries to clear it out, but um, the watch went off for the goal line technology. Uh confirming that it was a goal. So that makes it 2-2, and that was the final score. Uh, just quickly, I think if you kind of look back in the game, and we've probably said this a lot this year, but Roma will, will definitely be disappointed. Again, you just look at the two goals they conceded. Uh, one very weak from Patrizio. He, he has to keep those out. And the second one was just extremely poor slash lazy defending from Karsdorp. So um, this kind of all these games add up for Roma, and it's why they're they're not going to have a chance at finishing top four this year, in my opinion. Yeah, Karsdorp uh, went to the uh, Bonucci School of Defending. Club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was uh, yeah, poor, poor for sure. Uh, is this to sum it up from from Karsdorp and Patrizio? Yep, Rui Pasticcio. <laughs> uh, Pistachio? Uh, no, uh, Pasticcio is like. Um... Uh, in Italian, when they make an error, it's usually un pasticcio. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, by the way, there's actually there's actually two goals that were early on that were called off for uh, <clears throat> that were called out ruled out for offside as well. Mm-hmm. So this game could have been like you know, three three, you know, something like that. Right. It could have been a, a lot of, a lot higher uh, scoring game. Okay, uh, Chris, you mentioned that you played. Uh, a wing back when, when you were back in your days. And what could have Karsdorp done better to get goal side? Yeah, I think what he what he did was he reacted too soon uh, and tried to stick his leg out in hopes that, you know, it would uh, he would get to it before Traore. But I think in those positions where, where you're so close to goal, um, just stay between the attacker and your goalkeeper, uh, he's going to have his back facing the goal. And at that point, you can hopefully show him towards the sideline. But by lunging at it the way he did, uh, it fell right for Traore. And I think 11 times out of 10, he's going to score that. So uh, I, I think just don't be as aggressive and don't be as lazy. Uh, easier said than done. But uh, again, I, I think a, a player, if you're playing for Roma, those are mistakes you can't make. Yeah, and that's a great point. Because again, if you're an attacker, you're likely looking for that defender to make a mistake and then you're going to pounce on that. Right. So just 100%. being the, being overly zealous and, you know, overzealous and making that commitment early gives Traore all the reason to, you know, to take advantage of it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Paul? So 
uh, no, there was a lot of um, controversy. I think I think it was after this game that Mourinho, or or it could have been the game before, uh, that um, Mourinho made a comment about uh, Lego Pro and how it's it's not important. I I didn't really understand what the comment was directed at, but it created a lot of controversy, and there was a lot of uh, Lego Pro teams who made tweets about it and, and, and kind of called out Mourinho for, for, for mentioning him. I think Mourinho had to backtrack on some of his comments and, <laughs> and, and mentioned that thing. You know, also said he had cheese and porn, et cetera. But um, there, there, we, we talked about the intergame. There is a lot of comments that, that came out uh, after that game, which kind of influenced this game. You can tell that the pressure was on as well. Just the way that they kind of celebrated uh, after tying up that game, that it was a, a very valuable point uh, because of the fact that they haven't won in what a month feels like a month. So, Michael, take uh, the fact check on that. Uh, yeah, well, Roma they they won against Empoli, so they have one three win weeks in a ago. Month. Uh, well, and they also won against Cagliari, I guess, the week before that, but that doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. So, and then I think Julian, you must have heard of the comments too after the Inter game as well, saying uh, the, the, why you guys always shit yourselves when you have to play Inter or something like that. Something, <laughs> something along those lines. I'm <laughs> so it's a uh, it's not 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 good times in the Mourinho camp, but uh, I still believe in the Mourinho effect. We'll see. There's 13 games left. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, let's move this train along here. Um, we had another massive game again. We talked about uh, important weekend for the top five. So the next game was Atalanta hosting Juventus. Okay, so you had to start out this game with the momentum in the first 20 minutes. Uh, Vlaovic uh, forced a great save from Sportello from 20 yards out. Uh, and then they had a quick counterattack, uh, which led to a Dybala shot that just uh, missed the far post. Then momentum swings because uh, college was a game of, of momentum swings like that. Anything can change in a, in a millisecond. Uh, Wojciech Chesney, Chesney, excuse me, comes out of his penalty area, patches Coop Miner. Uh, I think Chris, you probably were losing your shit and 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 saying how come it wasn't at least a yellow card, <laughs> and probably could have got sent off in my opinion. Um, but uh, uh, Atlanta they couldn't take advantage of the open net and Muriel's chance was, was cleared away. So the second half was, I wouldn't say dominated, but Atlanta enjoyed more uh, success in the second half, uh, even though most of their chances came from outside the box, outside the box, excuse me. Uh, Daron had a nice shot, uh, which forced a nice save from, uh, from Shishesny again. Juventus uh, popped up with a chance. Vlaovic had a, had a nice shot that was uh, saved course, a great reaction shape, uh, save from uh, Sportiello. And then Atlanta finally get their goal uh, with our goal of the round. Yes, here we go. It is Malinovsky! The Ukrainians' distance shooting knows no limits. And like in April, it is he who gets the single goal. When Juventus are in town. There you go. So what was impressive about that is that they had no recognizable striker on the field. 
So, you know, when, when I saw that, I had a feeling that it was going to be that type of goal from, you know, 30 yards out was the only way that, that Juventus were going to get beat this game. I thought uh, they did just enough to kind of uh, keep Atlanta outside outside of their uh, own penalty, penalty area. But again, when you have a player like Malinovsky and Darun who could just pepper shots from long range, uh, one of them uh, is, is eventually bound to go in like it did with uh, Malinovsky in that great goal. Uh, they should have had a second. Atlanta should have had a second. But uh, Malinovsky's cross was actually redirected onto the crossbar by Hatibor. And then uh, Juventus, I guess you could say it was deserved in the sense that they didn't, I don't know if it was deserved or not. Anyway, uh, Danilo scores a 92nd minute header to tie the game at 1 1. Uh, listen, the way I saw this game was that Juventus were lucky in the sense that they tied the game up. Atlanta had better quality chances uh, from open play. Uh, Juventus only threatened on the counterattack, uh, which did not exist at all in the second half. All their chances in the second half came from the corner, which is how they scored their goal. Uh, I thought Locatelli had a very poor game. Uh, I don't. I don't think he completed more than two passes going forward, and he's like forward momentum passes, uh, and the way I look at it, he cannot play beside Rabio. Uh, I thought the, the the combination with Locatelli, Arthur has to play beside him. Maybe with McKenney, who's good enough to win the ball back, but. Uh, that maybe that's where uh, Zakaria could come in as well as an option out, uh, other than McKenney. Um, yeah, Michael, what would you take uh, from the game? Yeah, I think uh, I, I don't disagree. I think for me, the problem, I mean, Locatelli uh, not being able to play with Rabio, I think is the problems with Rabio. I'm not sure that Locatelli doesn't have the quality to provide a solid midfield performance. I just think that it's uh, he's in tough, I guess, being the only outside of Zakaria now, um, I guess, quality midfielder there. So I, I don't put too much emphasis on whether or not he had a poor game because uh, at least he's not bent in core is what I is what I take from that. Yeah, um, good point. Good point. Yeah, and, and you mentioned again uh, the fact that Juve were only able to kind of provide any sort of uh, offense on a, on you know the corners eventually, but I think that's again I think that's a really important note because traditionally I don't think that they are very good on corners. I don't think they're um, I mean outside of Quadrado scoring on a on a corner literally earlier this year, but it just it's it's nice to see them being able to provide offense differently because set pieces have have really never been uh, strong for them. Um, I mean defending or be, uh, in offensive. I guess play, but yeah, I think outside of that, we saw Vlaovic, like you said, had a, a really good um, opening. I guess twenty minutes, he he had that good chance against uh, that Sportello saved. It was a really hard shot. Um, I think this game could have could have gone like you said, Atlanta could have won two nothing, but I think Juve also could have squeaked out a two one win. Uh, a one one draw probably for me is is fair, fair value for both. The non-Juventus fans, what did you guys think? I thought Delict should have been carded. <laughs> <laughs> For what? Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I think that goes without saying. But Something. No, <laughs> overall, I thought... I mean, I was disappointed, obviously, that Atalanta couldn't close the game out. Um, but that being said, I believe... Is Atalanta that still has a game in hand? They yeah. do. So they, yeah. I think, again, it might be Venezia, but they're uh, currently two points back of Juventus. Um, so with a, with a win in that game, they'd be a point above. Right. Uh, I, I'm overall though, I think it's nice for the top, you know, five to still be, you know, quite congested. It just makes for a more entertaining final, you know, seven to nine weeks of the season. So, um, I think other than Milan, you know, there were a lot of draws across the top five there, top six. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think just down the road makes it more interesting. Just uh, quickly piggyback on that. I'm going to say Lazio is my dark horse there. They're, to, they're to jump six. into fourth. They're only like, four points back at Juve. And they've, I know they got ruined by Milan in the Copa, but their recent yeah. Serie A form has actually been quite good. Yeah, it's fair. And I checked the schedule just because I wanted to see the second last match day is actually Juve Lazio. Nice. That'd be good. Again, I still like to point out that the bookmakers uh, in January had Juventus at 26-1. to 1. That's been cut in half. It is now 13 to 1. Okay. So that means that there's still a chance. I think, what, what, Michael, I think, what was it? It was 2%. 2%. 2% chance? Yeah, 2%, 2% chance. Uh, Which doubled from 1%. Which doubled from 1%, exactly, yes. It's incredible. <laughs> Man, like, like, like you said, Michael, if they, they could have won this game... Uh, it could have been what six points instead of what nine. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, it would have been yeah. They would have seven, had two more points. So seven, seven. Yeah. yeah. AC Milan getting that win is uh, really putting a wrench in in our plans here, Paulo. <laughs> I know, I know. But That's uh, not only do you have to win out, you have to hope all three of Inter Milan and Napoli lose out. Listen, they have to play Salernitana. I believe. I believe. <laughs> uh, as Chris has, has spoken about many times before, the bounce with a new manager. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I, obviously, I think uh, Chris, help me out. Didn't isn't Theo suspended for this game? Someone suspended. Him. Yeah, he has one more game. Yeah, uh, one more game. Suspension. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Milan uh, plays Salernitana. Inter Milan also plays Salernitana, and then Juve plays Salernitana in like a month. Poor Salernitana. Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> yeah, uh, I wonder if, uh, how many. Michael, look up um, Derby County on how many points they had when they were in the Premier League. I want to say it was like eleven. Jeez, eleven points. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was eleven points or thirty-eight games. Uh, let's look it up. Premier. League. Uh, promotion Premier League. Wait, return to Premier League? You talking like 2000s? Yeah, yeah. It was their first season. It was like 2017, something like that. 2016. Mm-hmm. I'll look it up here. You guys keep yeah. talking. Yeah. Um, I'll just wrap it up for you, uh, Michael. So, uh, Fiorentina beat Spezia 2 1. Uh, Amber actually, actually gifted uh, Spezia's goal. Remember correctly, kind of like tried to turn at uh, midfield, lost the ball, then Agudelo finished it uh, when he got into the box. 
And then he actually, he actually, uh, Amrabat, that is, uh, made up for his mistake and scored the winning goal to give uh, Fiorentina a 2-1 win over the now beatable. Was actually, wasn't he like the manager of the month for January? Julian? Tiago? Yeah. He was? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he was. Your boy. Yeah, he was. Yeah, so... Uh, that was a good win for uh, for Fiorentina, who have now uh, two wins on the bounce. So last time Derby County was in the Premier League, 2007-2008. Okay. And you're right, they got 11 points. The next team in 19th position had 35 points. <laughs> Yikes. Okay, so how many points does Salernitana have now? Is it like 12? They have 13. So they have 13 how many more points do you think that they'll get? Like over under, let's say 18. Over 18 points total. So over under five yeah. more points. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take the over. Okay. Do, how, how many points do you think? Over 18 points. <laughs> well, just, like give it like, a general like 25, something like that. Like. Yeah, I, I, I'll, give, I'll give them 23. Okay. And everyone else? Julian? How many points are you going to have? Yeah, they have 13 now. They, uh, they've played 23 games. Oh, God. They're going to... I'll go like 17. I don't see them doing that well. <laughs> I was going to say 20. I, I'm... I say was like, it Cretone last year finished with 20? I think I'll so. Remember. I'll look it up. Yeah, 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 I'll look it up. More than that. Okay, well, he looks that up. Um... There was some news. Might as well get to this now. Uh, speaking of Salernitana, you know how I think it was in January where they played Undinese. Remember that game was actually uh, well not played because Salernitana couldn't show up. And I said after that game on the on the episode after that game, I, I said that there is no way that that result is going to stand. I was proven correct. Uh, recently, I think it was this past week, that the uh, Court of Appeal for the FIGC uh, ruled that that game has to be replayed, that has to be played again. And then uh, Inter, Julian, you'll be interested to know that um, there, that same Court of Appeal ruled that Inter has to play that game, uh, their game against Bologna as well. Yeah, I saw that one. I just want that game to be played. I just want even numbers across the board when we're looking at mm-hmm. the standings. Yeah, exactly. So well, we know. Yeah, but but it's also but Inter's trying to get a three nothing win. Yeah, I mean, of I, course they would. They would try. <laughs> yeah, I never thought it would actually happen, but yeah, I have no issue with them trying. Uh, okay, so last year it was Parma had twenty points. Parma had twenty. Yeah, I think it was the year before that Crotone with the. the well, Crotone had twenty three last year. Okay, so they just gave up a lot of goals, Cortone. Right? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, they had record breaking. I think yeah. against ninety two. <laughs> <laughs> That's shocking. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> In thirty eight games. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's. Uh, that's it for our. I guess Copa Italia and then our uh, game week 25. So why don't we take a quick break and then when we come back, we'll get into some 
Europe preview. We'll get into some Who Am I, CW Minute. We'll have all the fun uh, in the second half here. So again, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. All right, welcome back to the pod. That's uh, Achille Lauro with Domenica from San Remo. What do you think that song? That's eh, okay. I like the first one more. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, I'm not a big fan of uh, Achille Lauro, but I don't know. It's, it, it, it's, it's more catchier than the song that he had uh, last time. I don't know if you guys remember the song Rolls Rice. Because they can't pronounce Rolls they can't Royce. Pronounce, yeah, exactly. Because they can't pronounce Rolls Royce. I heard him. What did he say earlier? He said overdose. <laughs> and then they and then they shit on like foreigners for trying to speak Italian when they can't even eh. speak like English, which is like the main language of business. It sounds anyway, personal, Paulo. It is. It is personal. Yeah, it is, it is personal. It is personal. It is, it is quite personal. Sorry to hear. Well, Anyways, what did he say? What, is it on uh, Top Gear? No. What? Which one? Oh, no. Anyways. What was oh, that yeah. From? <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Clarkson, yeah. Oh, no. Anyways. Uh, okay, let's move on here. Uh, we're going to go into our year preview. So, actually, yeah, obviously, uh, Champions League is back. Europa League is back. The greatest competition is back, so uh, we've got a busy. Uh, in, in theory, in theory, in, in theory, what Roma, Roma is not just yet. Well, yeah, it, yeah. I guess the greatest competition is not back in theory. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, for Roma, it is. Yeah, which, well, which it's not back on this podcast. It's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but it is back, and and it will be back, and we'll talk about them at another date, but not today, because we have other games to get to. And what are those games starting with? Uh, Wednesday's matchup in the Champions League. Who has it? Yeah, um, yeah. Um, so we have Liverpool, which I'm unfortunately not overly optimistic. I have a little bit of hope that they'll somehow squeak out a win, but if I'm being honest, I don't. Uh, I don't see them beating Liverpool over two legs. Now, UEFA did get rid of the away goal rule for this year's tournament. Um, so, I mean, uh, first game is at home at the Giuseppe Meazza. So if Inter can get a win, I would be ecstatic. If they can get a result, I would still be happy. Um, but I think we all agree a loss means they're probably done. And you have to remember too, that it's, uh, Senza Barella. Yes, that's true. So more than likely. Both legs, right? Tudo, Both games, yeah, he's two legs or two games suspension. So more than likely, that means we have Arturo Vidal uh, hopefully rolling back the clock a little bit here and having some man-of-the-match performances. But I don't see that happening. 
But I thought Bastino was supposed to start. Dear God, no. <laughs> no, it should be Vidal. He's the lesser of all evils, as sad as that is. Wait, you mean Gagliardini is not the... <laughs> Listen, he'll play against a swallow on the weekend. Um, but no, I mean, Vidal, you just hope he has a half-decent showing. And again, if Inter can get a result out of this game on Wednesday, I'll be happy. Okay, so uh, I was talking uh, with Chris uh, over the weekend, and I do. I think I'm more optimistic than Julian, uh, maybe because I want Inter to go as far in European competition, so Juventus has a better chance as well in Syria. But again, that's that's more of a goofy mentality than anything else. <laughs> but in theory, when I look at it, when I try to look at it objectively, I do think Inter has a has a chance. Uh, last time Simone Inzaghi was in this composition was with Lazio and somehow made it to the round of 16 against Bayern Munich, managed to score two goals against Bayern Munich. Don't ask me how, that team was garbage. Uh, and still got smacked eight too, but nonetheless, with a garbage <laughs> team, scored uh, two goals against, I think, the team that won it that year. Chris, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, 99% sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Bayern Munich won it that, that year. <laughs> So, Nzagi with a better overall team against a Liverpool team that is nothing compared to what that Bayern Munich team was back then. That's that's, that's my reason. I hear that. I just think that you're that has no bearing on <laughs> the game that's upcoming because, like, those are just like again ethereal. Uh, I guess points like you're just saying like Inzaghi with a better team against Liverpool who are not Bayern <laughs> is effectively what you're saying yes <laughs> <laughs> okay but again I, I'm trying to uh, go Julian Lilly's not optimistic at all I'm trying to give him some sort of hope and semblance of hope I, I, think, I actually prefer Julian to be realistic and just assume that I they're going to lose I like that a lot <laughs> It'll be closer than a lot of people think it will be. Yeah, um, yeah. But over two legs, I don't see Inter coming away with the win, unfortunately. I, I, I could see them winning could, a game, though. Yeah, I could see them maybe getting like a 1-0 win or a 2-1 to win tomorrow. Just kind of shock the world. But going back yeah. to the field, I think when everything is there to play for, I think Liverpool will uh, right. rise up. Rise up, rise up. <laughs> but... I, like I think with this new wig, no no wig rule, I think it's now fifty fifty in my in my opinion. You, you're right in that sense. It actually does open that open up a lot of uh, potential chaos, which is very uh, entertaining. Uh, entertaining. Yeah, very exciting. Very exciting. So listen, I I I have faith in it. More than I appreciate it, it Paula. Yeah. So. All right. Well, let's move on to Thursday. So, Paulo, what do we have Thursday? We got uh, Barcelona Napoli, Gee. Atlanta Olympiacos, Gee. and Porto versus Lazio. Ooh, gee. Uh, so, uh, honestly, I think I think Napoli has a good chance of beating Barcelona. Obviously, Barcelona is not the Barcelona that it once was. Napoli. Uh, were to take the game against Inter, are able to dictate play and 
and hold on possession to the ball. So uh, I, I think Barcelona will have a harder time uh, to win the ball off of Napoli than previous Italian teams that they faced. Uh, and then going back to the second leg at the at the at the Stadio uh, Maradona, I think um, it'll be a lot harder to do so uh, this time around. Um, but uh, well, what a great matchup, though, uh, just in general on paper. Uh, and I think Barcelona's official Twitter account mentioned that. Uh, the Europa League is one of the competitions. I think they haven't even won the UEFA Cup, which is the precursor of the Europa League in their history. So it's one of the trophies that they are missing. Yeah, it's going to be a massive... Uh, uh, I think you're going to see them try really hard. I, I don't see them uh, kind of taking this tournament lightly. Um, but I, I agree. I think Napoli have a shot, and I think it's uh, it would be really nice to see them do well. Uh, if they if they beat Barcelona, if they go through, I think they should be con- considered one of the heavy favorites. Uh, yeah, I, I would just say that you know any team with uh, Erling Haaland is going to be, um, uh, I guess, a contender as well. And I guess beyond that, we'll see how the other teams do. Like if if they somehow meet up with Atalanta at some point, if that's possible, I think that's going to be tough too. But uh, perfect segue. So, Atlanta Olympiacos. Yeah. Uh, the, the, on paper, Atlanta are heavy favorites. Um, again, put in a great showing against against Juventus. Um, most likely, you'll see Muriel start as uh, their only in and out striker. Uh, it's possible that they don't start with uh, with Muriel on the field. Uh, I thought they played even better without a recognizable striker uh, because, like I said in the previous segment, uh, they create most of their play from uh, – most of their attacking play comes from outside the box. So there's that. Anyone else? No, I think it's a good matchup. Uh, okay, so moving on to Porto Lazio. Uh, Julian, I think you were uh, – you had something to say on this game. Yeah, I think um, Lazio is going to have to make a decision on how they want to approach this. Uh, we've seen when they kind of are forced to rotate the squad, they don't really have the depth, unfortunately. Um, so I think if they try and do that against Porto, I don't think it'll end well for them. Now, saying that, I think they also have a shot to kind of... They have to make a decision, in my opinion. Either they go for fourth place in the league or they go for the trophy in the Europa League. Um, now, again, we have Maurizio Sarri, who's already won that before, so we can see what he decides to do. I'm, yeah, I'm with you, Julian. Uh, I'm interested to see how they line up. If they put out a strong starting 11 in this game, then I think that decision has been made is to try to be competitive on all fronts and not just throw this game or this tie and focus on, on Syria. Um, uh, this game to me is, is the most delicately, delicately balanced of all of the uh, Europa League games, because if this could go either way, uh, Porto still has, um, 
Sergio Conceição's son. I'm pretty sure, correct, right, Chris? I'm pretty sure his son's still Yeah, on I, I don't think he starts all the time, but yeah, he is still on the squad. Yeah, and I remember he, he has come on to some effect uh, to win, to be crucial in some games, if I remember correctly. Uh, Porto's not a, and, uh, and Pepe is still uh, a defensive stalwart. Uh, even though he got his first red card in 11 years, I think it was over the weekend. Yeah, pretty sure. Brawl. So, and, hey, and, brawl, and I also yeah. have uh, Eustachio. Let's see if he'll get some meaningful minutes. Chris, has he been playing since he? Moved uh, well, he was out with. Well, I believe what was COVID. Uh, just before that last international break, so I don't know how much he's played since he's been back. But I just checked; he did make an appearance off okay. the bench yeah. one so far, though. But that's it. It would be nice to see him another Canadian Champions League, Europe League, Europa League, in Europe. Yeah. In Europe. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I'm out of the three. I think, like I said, Napoli has the best chance uh, to go. From, to go furthest in this competition. Um, it just Atlanta, uh, they haven't, they haven't solved any of, I mean, if they would, if they would sign a, a striker, they have, they haven't, they seem uh, hesitant to even attempt to sign one, probably because the only ones that are available uh, who are name worthy are Diego Costa and Graziano Pelé. So, uh, but the thing is, is that these are the type of games where at least if you're down shockingly to Olympiacos, you can go to your bench and throw on uh, a, a striker like Pelé, big body who can knock the ball down to replace the body type of uh, of Duvan Zapata, who's that big, tall guy who's strong in the air. Yeah, I would just add that. I mean, Zapata is that kind of bulkier player, but despite his size, I think he's still pretty mobile. Mobile, excuse me, and his movement off the ball is pretty good. Whereas if uh, Graziano Pelé, he's more of a traditional target forward. I don't know if he's going to run the channels and you know connect with the midfield as much as Zapata usually does. So he's uh, old now too, right? 36. Who, sorry. Uh, Graziano uh, Pelle, he must be. He's probably 35-ish. No? Yeah, I'd say probably. Yeah. 36. I just 36, yeah. yeah. So I don't know if he would suit Atalanta's style, but I see what you're saying with, with regards to bringing on a, a striker of that ilk to kind of change things up a little bit. Yeah. And, and just one more point about Lazio. Uh, you know, they, they, they also don't have any depth, so it's interesting, as Julian said, do they go for it? Because who can they really bring on? Raul Moro? That, that says it all there. Like, There's not much that Sari can do to rotate the squad, even though historically he never rotate, rotates his squad. So. Uh, uh, Michael, uh, do we want to discuss Juventus or do we want to wait until... Uh, no, week? we'll yeah, we'll wait till next week. We'll we'll talk about uh, obviously they have a, a CL matchup next week, but we'll get to that when the time comes. I just want to note uh, again, you're mentioning Lazio, who are in sixth position in the in the league. So right now, the prize money for sixth stands at ten point nine million, uh, if that's how they finish. So 
if you push up to fourth position, it goes to 14.2. So, I mean, 4 million, I guess, is the difference there. Um, if they make the quarterfinal of the Europa League, they're looking to make 1.8 million euros. So, I mean, best case, if they make it up to that top four, again, they make they, they can take four extra million. But again, they have to overtake Juventus and Atalanta, which I think is, is tough. Um, I, I, I agree. I would like to see them uh, make that decision, Julian. And I think the decision should be to go for the Europa League. Not selfishly because of uh, Juventus's implication in the league. I just think that, you know, having... Um, An extra Italian team yeah, do well. Exactly. It's just more, uh, I mean, exciting for us as well. But I, I think beyond that, they they're already guaranteed more or less 10-ish million, right? Because of that, that sixth, we're saying they're about six, seven place here. Um, you know, at least give yourself a little bit more prestige if you make it further along in a competition as well. You know what I mean? I, I feel like that is worth sacrificing yeah, yeah. potentially two more million. And again, you have to go past two other teams. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, I think yeah, yeah. So that's it. Let's uh, we'll finish it off. Why don't we get into um, our Who Am I? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it up. Here we go. Um, do we want to do our discussion first? Do we want to do our discussion first? Uh, yeah, sure. Paul, do you have that? Cute up. Yes, I do. One second. It was uh, a interesting question um, from a Milan fan, Amiston. So shout out to Amiston for uh, answering uh, last week's who am I who am I question correctly. So his question is as follows: Seeing that Milan is planning for the future and keeping the budget uh, for a big summer campaign, who's going to take Latan's role in tomorrow's Milan? So resident Milan fan, I think you should get the first crack at it. Yeah, no, that's a good question. I mean, obviously, there's a trend with Maldini and Co. with regards to, you know, new signings, uh, with the exception of, I think, Ibrahimovic and Giroud. It's usually, you know, younger with, with upside and potential. I don't know if they can go that route. Uh, obviously, Giroud is not going to be around forever. So if you're, if you're bringing somebody in, ideally, it's somebody who can stay with the club for, you know, five plus years i know that's hard in this day and age but the first player that comes to mind and obviously i'm trying to be as realistic as possible here is uh, alexander isak uh, another swede uh, i thought he had a couple of good games um at the last euros um whether it was starting or coming on as a sub uh, so i think that's one option where yeah of course there will be a transfer fee involved but i think it's something realistic that Maldini and his team can can stomach. Uh, another option, I, I know this isn't the sexy option, but I do think Belotti still has something in the tank. I know it's unfortunate that he's not involved or he's not a part of Torino's success as much as he would like. But I do think he, inside the 18-yard box, I think he's still a quality finisher. I think he can do a lot of what Ibrahimovic slash Giroud are doing. And I think with better service, you know, he can take advantage of that. 
so I'll, I'll leave it at that too. Obviously there's a long list. I think if you ask, you know, 10 Milan fans, you might get 10 different answers, but <laughs> I would say Isak is kind of that young, younger player with more potential and can stick around for five plus years. But Lotti, I think is that player who can come in and give us, you know, two to four years of, of decent football uh, and, you know, potentially kind of, um, roll back the clock a little bit because it was only two years ago, you know, clubs were lining up 60 to 80 million Euro bids to get Belotti. So uh, mm-hmm. I think once he gets his form back, um, we might see that old Belotti form come back around. Uh, here, so I'll, I'll jump in next year. Uh, I was talking with people from MT, Majulian, <laughs> and, um, you know, the names that, that were coming up or the name that came up a lot uh, was Jonathan David. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think Jonathan David would be perfect for that team, Milan. That is mm-hmm. uh, the combination that they could have with that he could have with uh, Rafael Leao, or sorry, excuse me, Thierry Henry. <laughs> um, it could be absolutely lethal uh, in terms of speed and just quality of finishing. Uh, if you uh, I guess improve the right side and not have uh, Sally Makers uh, start game in game out. I think that would that would, could be an, an absolutely devastating uh, front three in Europe. And then I then then I can take Milan seriously as a perennial <laughs> contender. Uh, right now, that's not the case. But uh, but maybe you know there. I know uh, for a fact that. Uh, coming out with a name, Chris Botman. Sven uh, Botman, yeah. Sp- yeah, uh, who is a def- center def- center back for Lille. Uh, he's looking to leave, and he was his agents were spotted at, at Milanello, uh, Milan HQ, uh, discussing contract terms. If Milan could do some sort of package deal, and which essentially buying a center back for the future. Buying a striker for the future, I think that 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 enough should convince Elliot, or as the as MT like to nickname them, Elio, to open up the wallet and spend a hundred million euros plus on these two players to essentially guarantee them Europe for the next five years. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with regards to David fitting in well. I think that would be you know an amazing combination with him, Leal, Rebic, you know, you name it. I guess my my concern is he's obviously going to get offers from Premier League clubs for higher mm-hmm. wages. I think we can all agree on that. So at that point, I think it just comes down to you know what does he want? Does he does he want to go play in England and make you know probably several million more a year? But then there's a good chance he's on the bench more often. I hope I'm wrong because he's Canadian. I want to see him playing, but, or does he go to Milan, uh, make a little bit less money, but have a very good chance of playing every single day. Uh, And like you said, Paulo and of playing in Europe. So uh, I think it depends what he wants. Obviously he's taken certain steps in his career, starting with playing in Belgium to then playing in France. So depends on what him and his, his crew are looking for next. Uh, Julian, I know you got a, you got an opinion on this, but I'll just say this: when when someone tells me uh, Premier League, my first thought is Arsenal. Uh, and I look at okay, Arsenal. Which little player went to Arsenal for a massive sum of money? 
I think it was Pepe. Pepe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have we heard of Pepe other than me mentioning him now in the last <laughs> uh, 12 months? Or you look at little players that have gone to Milan who have been successful, Mike Magnon and, and Leal. Uh, wouldn't you want to follow the same path as those successful little players at this club, at the same club? Or do you want to go and follow and become a 80 million euro bust at Arsenal? I mean, I don't know if he'd be a bust. I, if he does go to the Prem, I just hope it's not one of the top, like, I shouldn't say top, one of the big name clubs, because I feel like Arsenal and Tottenham, even though our big name aren't really a top club right now. Um, if you were to go to, like, a Villa, maybe a West Ham, maybe a Leicester, I feel like he could do well there. Uh, but, yeah, as back to Milan, I think, honestly, those are the two, the two that have been mentioned are the two young names that kind of continually get brought up in terms of where they're going to move across Europe, and they're Isak. And David, I mean, besides the obvious Holland and Mbappe. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, beyond that, I was going to say David. I don't even know, to be honest, what other strikers are out there on the radar who can make like an immediate impact. Um, so, yeah, I would say I think David would be their best bet. I think Isak is also a very good shout. Um, but, yeah, I don't... To be honest, I feel like it's a small market this year. I don't know how many mm-hmm. people, like how many strikers are going to be available. Yeah, I I, uh, I think the the obvious answer as well, besides the one that, that we've already mentioned, is uh, the only player that can replace Ibrahimovic is Ibrahimovic. So <laughs> he's going to re up for another five years. <laughs> um, I I think uh, if we're looking at like. Ibra is what a or was is a big strong. I mean, he's skilled obviously as well. I would I want to see um, Beto in a team better than Udinese. I think like he's he's got a very um, he's got a very strong physical game, and I think that he might be good as well in, in one of these bigger sides, but. I think outside of that, I think you're right. I think David probably is uh, what we'd like to see for sure. Yeah. Uh, a, a name that came to my mind, because you mentioned uh, tall, uh, tall, somewhat physical strikers, but I don't know if it, you, you could consider him physical. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but uh, Skamaka could be another name that yeah. popped into my, yeah, into my head as well. Yeah, I was thinking Skamaka too, but I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I feel like, like Julian, I don't really see what he's, the big the big I deal is. I don't see it either, him. and he's still heavily linked to Inter. Yeah, but again, I I don't see it. But hopefully, I'm wrong on that. Obviously, if he does end up at Inter, but yeah. Uh, since we're on what the about, topic, what about what about Simeone? Is he possible? Possible. I don't know if he's that Champions League quality player yet. He's definitely shown improvement this year, but mm-hmm. I, yeah, not Champions League level for me, anyways. I could well, see he's... him actually leaving Syria, unfortunately. Yeah. I could see him going back to Spain or yeah, while well, going to Spain or something like that. Well, he's been there for like one, two, three, four, five, six seasons right now. Six seasons in one, two, three, four teams. 
don't know. Uh, I was about to say, uh, since we're talking about Milan's transfer market, uh, Renato Sanchez is another little player uh, that they are looking to replace uh, Kessie with. So again, another little example. Correct, right? <laughs> place for little, correct? If not All right. Hi-yo. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so. Do you want to point that out there as well? Now, did you mean Lil as in the team or Lil as in Little? Example. <laughs> Lil as. Boo. <laughs> saying Boo or Boo Ernst? Boo I was saying Boo All right. Uh, okay, let's, uh, let's move on here. Let's get into, again, the proper Who Am I? So just for the fans out there who, who love the clip. Who am I? I don't know. Who am I? I don't know. All right, so hint number one. This attacker is with his fourth Serie A club since the 2007-2008 oh. season. Oh, um, he Hint number two, excuse me. He's won the Supercoppa, Serie B, and Serie A all between 2006 and 2014. And hint number three... He has played with Sensi, Antonini, Candreva, and Morata. So I'll start again, then I'll start your timer. So this attacker is with his fourth Serie A club since the 07-08 season. <clears throat> Excuse me. <coughs> Too much water. He's <laughs> won the Supercoppa, Serie B, and Serie A all between 2006 and 2014. And hint three, he has played with Sensi, Luca Antonini, Candreva, and Morata. Five-minute timer. I mean, Morata is interesting because he could have been with him in, you know, other leagues, right? We had Chelsea, uh, Atletico, Real Madrid. Who are attacking players we're thinking of? He's, he's an attacking player. Yeah. And he's and he's played for in Serie A for uh the one that's getting me though is the Serie B title. So and and, it, and he won it before Quagura. 2014. Yeah. Correct. Quag. Oh six oh seven. His fourth team though, how many teams has he been with? Uh okay. Since oh six oh seven, uh, Sam, four different teams for Chris. So he, uh, he is with his fourth Serie A club. Yes. Okay, so like it could be like different stints. Yeah, but I feel like he's already been with, like. Okay, so it's so okay, Sam, Sam Torino Napoli. Yeah. yeah. Memphis. Memphis. Maybe Undenese. Yeah, so it's already five. Thirty-five. Um, played with Sensi. Where's Sensi been? Sassuolo, Samp, Inter, and Samp. Inter and Samp. Kendreva is he attacking? No, Kendreva was it Kendreva one of the players as well? Oh, was he? Yeah, he played with Kendreva. 
Chris, what was the what was the Yeah, so the uh, part of hint three was that he's played with Sensi, Luca Antonini, Candreva, and okay. Morato. Yeah. Jovinko. Jovinko. So he's played with Morato, okay. He's played with Candreva where? Juve probably. Well with with what? with uh yeah, with, but... right now with, with Sam. Oh yeah, that's true. Oh I guess technically. But they Sam haven't played yet. They haven't played yet. yet. But okay, Antonini. Who's the first one? And Sensi. Sensi was where? Sam. <laughs> Sam. Yeah. Right now. Dragon's right. Oh yeah. Antonini. I think you're right, Paulo. Antonini, hold on. Could be Parma. Where did he play? Yeah. So he's obviously he's with Samp now. Obviously, he played Juve, yeah. Parma, Samp. Did he play for Empoli? No, I think you're thinking of Marquisio, No, was he? Empoli? Maybe, but I feel like he may have played a season with Empoli. I feel like it. I think you're right. Cause I feel like that's the player Chris would choose for this week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. Ask a hint, just in case. How old is he? Bonus hint. <laughs> bonus hint or uh, uh, question. Let's do the bonus hint. Let's see what Chris gives us. Oh, my God. And he's going to be – oh, fuck. <laughs> I already know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so mad. <laughs> so your bonus hint, he has been managed by Donadoni <laughs> and Daversa. Daversa's Parma. I think. Actually, this is years ago. Paulo, this is all you. Listen, I don't... Listen we're right. It's Jovinko. And Donadoni was Parma. Diversa... I think Chris made a mistake. It's Jovinko because it's... Diversa doesn't make any sense. I don't know, but... I think he might if I, if it is Jovinko, like we're thinking, I think it is. Yeah. He's, he wants it to be with Juventus. Is yeah. what he... What yeah. the fuck? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's okay, I, mean, lock it in. I feel like, yeah, I feel we got to lock that in. Locking it in? It, yeah. So you are correct. <laughs> I, did, I did make an error with Devessa. Yeah. It is it is Giampaolo. <laughs> but you guys didn't need that hint. You already had it. <laughs> uh, but yes, I'm glad you caught on to the Sedia B title. <laughs> that is so um, funny. So, yeah, for the players he's played with, so Sensi at Samp, very fresh. Uh, Luca Antonini, which club did you guys uh, guess it was? I, I didn't say. Oh, yeah, maybe Empoli. Would, I so think it was Empoli. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Candreva was at Parma. <laughs> and then Morata was uh, Rubentus. Rubentus. Uh, and then Donadoni coached him at Parma. Yeah, okay, so <laughs> both of them, right, in the like, last two weeks? Uh, well, I mean, last week was a layup. <laughs> I don't care. I even forgot it what was it was. Giroud. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And this week, I mean, it took you three and a half, three yeah, and a half minutes to get it, which, which yeah, is pretty good. I can accept that. Yeah, I know. I was just trying to think of old strikers. I first went Caputo, and then I said, no, he hasn't won Serie or yeah. Super Cup. I th- yeah. yeah. I, I think it's. Uh, yeah. It's a close call for, for that first, or the first one. Or the Sensi one, whatever. Anyone with Sampdoria, because he hasn't technically played yet. Pretty sure he didn't he come on against Milan. I mean, no, he it's was not on the, so he much. He wasn't even on the bench, was he? 
Uh, since he has played for, oh, but I don't no, know no, when Jovinko was there. He wasn't That's there what I'm yet. Saying. Yeah, yeah, he hasn't. I mean, they're on yet. the 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 squad together. Whether they've been okay, on the I'll... field at the same time okay. is semantics. Yeah, yeah. I make the rules as <laughs> as we go along. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that was uh, I think that was a decent one. Still better than friggin' Joe Jordan. Oh come on! Cough, cough. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> How do you not know? Everyone, everyone remembers the fact that he went face to face with politic. Politic the L, man. No, I will not take the L. Good <laughs> uh, answer. Hell, Gabbiadini is thirty years old. Yeah, Gabbiadini is. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oof. Sam Broster right now. And, he doesn't look yeah. thirty. Yeah, he's thirty. Jeez. I mean, we're thirty. So what does that say about us? <laughs> <laughs> not yet. You're aging us prematurely. What? Yes. My knees hurt. <laughs> oh god all right uh, great should we, should we move on to uh Serie B minute yeah let's uh let's call it a show here let's uh move on to the Serie B minute to, to close it out first one in what in month probably 15 years yeah a month and a half 15 uh, years. Oh, kind of for you Paulo. yeah I know well I'll do it quickly just like a small recap so they're on the 23rd round. Uh, they played uh, Tuesday, uh, and then they're playing Wednesday as well. So the Tuesday game is just a quick recap of the of the three that I thought were important. Uh, Cremonese beat Parma 3-1. Uh, Tirana lost to Monza 1-0. Uh, I think Berlusconi went back to, the, to watch a game on the weekend uh, for the first time in, since COVID, I think it was, and uh, uh, hilarious moment where uh, just enter the, the, the man's a character. That's all I'm gonna say. It's just entertaining every time he tweets. Um, and then Pisa won, uh, excuse me, drew 2 2 against Vincenza. And then uh, key games on the Wednesday is Alessandria versus Lecce, Benevento versus Ascoli, and Cortona versus Brescia. Uh, an abridged version of the Serie B uh, table. Cremonese in first place with 44 points. Uh, Lecce in second with 42, uh, 42 points. Pisa tied for second uh, with 42 points. Monza with 41. Brescia with 40. Frosinone, Benevento, and Perugia all tied with 37 points. Uh, the bottom five is Alessandro with 22 points. Casenza with 19 points. Crotone 14 Vincenzo 13 and Pordenone uh, with 12. Uh, a quick uh, Pescara Calcio update. Uh, they lost 2 0 against Reggiana. Uh, the next game is against uh, Virtus Antella, and they sit in sixth place in Lega Pro Girona B. So I think it was Chris. You wanted to know how the, uh, the Lega Pro um, playoffs work. And how they get promoted. Uh, three groups. There's three Girona, A, B, and C. The winners get directly promoted into into Serie B, and then from the teams that finish second to ten, they go into a playoff system. Bear with me. I'll go quickly. There is a first preliminary round where fifth to ten play each other. There is then they go into a second preliminary round where these uh, worst place team plays fourth place, and then the two best place teams play each other. 
and then they go into a national round where the three third place teams play along with the Syria uh, Lega Pro uh, Cup winner play the best from the previous rounds uh, that are seeded, and then they go into another national round where the second place teams and the best place team from the previous round are seeded. And then they go into a final four, which is like a kind of a mini tournament. So yeah, it is a very complicated. <laughs> what a waste system. of time! <laughs> yeah, listen. Go ahead. Curious myself. Uh, even Chris was curious. I think everyone who, who wants the who is interested in Italian football uh, with the lower teams and and are and are interested in Serie B are always. I've always wondered how does teams get promoted into Serie B, and, and I what I'm. I myself is one of them. Yeah, I was I was definitely interested, and it's it's good to know. I would I would just add. I think it's it's too much. Mm-hmm. Again, we we spoke last week or two weeks ago about you know the the difference between you know football in Europe where you play your thirty eight games and then that's it. So every game matters, you know, to help with promotion or relegation or winning the league or finishing in a European spot. I find that this kind of feels more North American. It's like, well, if we could just finish top 10, then we have a chance at getting into a playoff. And if we win this game, we can move on. It's just, I find that's too much. I think if they do something similar where maybe only the top, the top team still gets promoted out of their, you know, their national division. And then maybe teams two, three, and four can go into this additional playoff round. I just find it's too much letting, you know, somebody who finished in 10th, Still have a chance at getting promoted to Serie B. That's that's too much in my opinion. But again, uh, it's not going to change. So, just my thoughts. So there's a total of 28 teams. Yeah, that's that ridiculous. It, that's that's stupid. Into the that's stupid. That's too much. Yeah. And I'm sure there's money to be made there because I'm sure there's anticipation and with you know people hoping their team gets through. But I, I think yeah, it's, that's extra, ridiculous. Extra tickets to be sold, especially mm-hmm. in, in, in May, June, when it's really nice and more people go to the stadiums. Yeah, like imagine well. you're, you were the third place team and you finished, you know, 15 to 20 points ahead of wh- whoever finished in 10th, which I think is a realistic expectation. And you guys have, you know, a similar chance of getting promoted to City B. I know the third place team skips around, but... Uh, that that's kind of what I'm getting at is it doesn't what's the incentive for going all out during the year when you have when you have to then play in this playoff so anyways my rant's done yeah. Michael yeah well you know what else is done this episode yeah well see I just want to point one thing out before uh, you do the round table I think this is my round table uh, mm-hmm. point. okay well then let me get to this. so uh, <laughs> with the end of the uh, podcast here. Does anyone else have anything to add? Uh, let's start with um, uh, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will just add on a very serious note and a big thank you goes out to everybody at Fubo for Ooh. finally fixing their halftime show. Uh, anybody in Canada who's watching Serie A through Fubo um Every time any game you're watching gets to halftime, essentially the app just kind of shuts down and just you just get a, a blank screen of, of the field uh, mm-hmm. with the players warming up at halftime. 
Uh, so not much was going on. So they finally fixed it, or, and they're showing highlights, a couple of pathetic commercials, but at least it's something yeah. a bit more professional. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It just kind of it bothered me that they didn't put any effort into some sort of a 15-minute halftime break. So thank you, Fubo, for uh, making me feel like it's I'm spending my money wisely. Yeah, it only right. took yeah. two-thirds of the season. Yes, <laughs> that, that's the stat I was waiting for, Julian. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I think they're they're getting it's. I imagine that had to have already been a thing, though. Like they just now have are showing it. Like, why would the commentators not be providing some sort of like debrief after the half? Yeah. It's because well, the no. Premier League money's coming in now. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, starting to afford. They're using Serie as the guinea pig for whatever they're that's doing right. next year. Uh, well, that's true. That that's my round table. <laughs> true. Uh, okay, okay. I, I want to comment on Chris's point, though. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, Quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so before before this uh, I don't know music and and commercials whatever the, the, I, I prefer the 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 field part and them showing warming up highlights because I know they also do the commentators also uh, break in and do the highlight package but the problem uh, was happening that was the most annoying part not it wasn't the uh, highlight or warming up was the fact that every time I would go to uh, uh, halftime the feed would freeze and there would be a delay in, in returning to the, yes, uh, that too. to the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was the biggest problem. Yeah. So you'd I think have to back things, out of the app. Exactly. Yeah. You have to restart the app yeah. and you have to go back into the game. And sometimes that even wouldn't even work. You actually have to unplug and restart the actual yeah. device. So right. that's, that that's be a my problem. Yeah, probably. Uh, that's, okay. 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 That's my comment so, on Chris. Okay, great. Now back to the round table, Julia. Yeah. Um, so just a quick little note here. Um, Philip Stankovic is on loan at a second division Dutch team, Volendam. I promise this is going somewhere. Um, <laughs> they're currently first, actually, so they're looking at promotion. And they won their last game because he made a penalty save in the 85th minute on Teun Koopenmeiner's younger brother, Pierre Koopenmeiner's. Hey, yeah, just a little Serie Serie worldwide. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a small. Um, world. And then we'll end with the Forza Inter for Wednesday's game against Liverpool. Right. All right, Paulo. Uh, you know, you go ahead now. Uh, me commenting on Chris made me lose my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Mike was hoping for. Yeah, I know, yeah I know, exactly. I know. I did it on purpose. Excellent. Uh, no, I don't really have one. I mean, uh, it's going to be. I'm excited for the Derby de la Mole. I think it's going to be an exciting uh, game on Friday. Uh, actually, here, why don't we go through that quickly? So just Friday's that Derby. Um, there's actually games Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday for City A this week. Uh, and of note, besides the Derby, there is uh, Fiorentina Atalanta on Sunday morning. Uh, what else here? Uh, I guess big games. Yeah, like... I guess if you want to say Inter and Sassuolo, that's also a pretty uh, decent tilt. Um, but again, those are probably the, the biggest of the 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 next match day. Mm-hmm. All right, so I, I remember what I wanted to say. This is the only podcast who will talk about Lega Pro uh, <laughs> and, 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 and playoffs and how the playoff system works and, and actually go in, not in depth on Serie B, but actually give it the light of day. So I just wanted to point that out there. You literally do not know that. 
who, okay, who else? Who else of the major, the biggest? Bit, we're not even that big. What are you talking about? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're not even that big. It, it, we still, we still wanted to give it the light of day and the time that it deserves. Other than I think, I think there's uh, one of the, the the guys from who's a Palermo fan. So I mean, he's a Palermo fan. So of course he's going to talk about a team who's in Lega Pro, unfortunately. Uh, but other than that, I have not seen, you know, uh, podcasts that dedicate at least some sort of their time to, to the lower divisions. Okay. Accepted. Add it to the minutes. <laughs> yeah. Let's actually, we'll have a City B minute and then a Lega Pro uh, 30 seconds. Maybe. <laughs> oh, that, that's what the Pixar we'll updates for. Yeah, right. And actually, what we'll do is we'll have um, three 10 seconds for each uh, Girona. Each Girona. That, exactly. <laughs> <sighs> God, we have fun. Okay. Uh, that's, uh, let's call it a show. Again, thanks, everybody, for listening. Make sure that you are following us on our socials. So at RTW Calcio on both Twitter and Instagram. Um, we all have had a, a jersey giveaway recently, so that's always uh, fun to take part in. Uh, we always post our "Who Am I?" and I mean, if you listen to the episode, you'll you'll kind of have a leg up on most of the people guessing. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, that's where all the actions happen, and we also have plenty of memes about Bonucci, so <laughs> you know it's good. <laughs> Uh, okay, so if uh, any, no one has anything else to add, that's the show. Um, we will see you all next week with, uh, obviously, a review of the latest match days, the latest Europe, uh, or Europe, I guess, um, results, and any previews for the ne- following week. Um, and, uh, yeah, I hope everybody ha- had a, a beautiful Valentine's Day this past week. Uh, and uh, for those in, I guess, Ontario specifically family day is coming up next monday that's right yeah so let's enjoy next monday as well as a, a, a provincial day off for those who get it uh with that that's the show thanks for listening everybody okay ciao ciao bye